Today's guest is Sarah Hughes. She is the Manager of Professional Development at the American Council for Technology and Industry Advisory Council, better known as ACT-IAC. And Sarah and I have worked together, we were just talking about it, a, a year we've been working together on the Associates Leadership Development Program, which is for early uh, career people who are in federal or industry. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been almost a year, but thanks for joining me on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. So for those who haven't had a chance to go to a networking event to you, and you and I have been to plenty, and get yeah. to know you, talk about where you're from, who you are, and what you do. Okay. Well, originally from Ohio, I have lived in 10 different states in my life, um, thanks to a large portion of my career. I talk with my hands because I'm Italian, so just the little things are my fingers. Um, I went to college. I was an athlete at um, Beaver Local Uni Beaver Local High School. Um, I went to Wheeling Jesuit University and got my BS in sports management with a minor in women's studies. They are no longer, <laughs> the Jesuits pulled out. So it's just Wheeling University now, or they might've went back to their roots when it was only men at Wheeling College. So uncertain about that. I played volleyball for a little while and then I took my first internship at the ECHL Wheeling Nailers, which is one of the longest standing hockey teams there. They are still partners with the Penguins. Um, so that's where I got my start or my career. Um, not to be confused with my very first job where I was cutting meat at Russell's Mini Mart in Wellsville, Ohio. <laughs> we all get to start with that first job, right? I mean, yeah, it's, you know, you just making like subs and all this fun stuff. It's just, it is what it is. You guys, everyone has that first job. Wow. So it's good. So, so because you were an athlete in high school, is that what made you choose sports management? Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a great like combination. Cause I enjoyed business. My mom owned a real estate company for years. Um, and so I just thought business was like a great way to go. No one told me about the low pay and minimal benefits and long hours um, within the process of it. I had an amazing career. I've seen amazing concerts from the mezzanine level. I've worked for amazing organizations. I was there with Lincoln Holdings when Abe Poland died. So I was there during the whole merger into monumental sports. I worked for the New York Islanders, the Seattle Storm, SMG. I've, I've done some pretty awesome things in the sports world. And it took me six years to get out of it. <laughs> and, and, and it's for those reasons you just talked about. So then how did that transition come about? I was working uh, for Club Corp at River Creek Club in Leesburg, or Leesburg, Virginia, and an owner of a Dubcon company that has actually now been bought out um, was like, what, do you want to continue to be doing this? And I'm like, like, absolutely not. I've been trying to get out for years, but everyone, like a lot of men, especially when you're looking for other sales positions, they just, they don't know how it works in the front office of a sports team. You, you're literally doing your own budgets. You're doing your own marketing plans. You're working with other departments. When you hire someone from the sports industry, you're getting a well-rounded person. Mm. So while my resume would have stated, you know, Sarah, regional manager for the Washington Wizards and Mystics, I was doing budgets for like my whole year. I was doing marketing plans for one-off events, like cute little princess parties, pups in the park, um, or barking and balling is what we called it because we weren't at a baseball stadium. But it's one of those things that we're assets. We will work ridiculous amount of hours without complaining. You give us a 401k and we think that that's like Christmas morning when we start our positions. 
you literally will hire someone and it tripled my budget one time when I, you know, went from industry to like working for country clubs. And then when I worked, started working at GovCon, I was like, oh, I definitely have been in the wrong industry for a very long time. So, so how did that first, so that, that person contacted you, it just gave you this I, opportunity? They saw the work you had done before? Yeah, well, I was actually kind of hounding her to re-up her corporate membership. But a lot of her people that she had under the corporate membership had moved away. And we just started talking. I'm like, well, you can do it this way. There was other ways I was trying to revive this account. <laughs> and because corporate corporate accounts are easy to manage because you're literally just doing a corporate account. It's a minimal fee. And then you get like four to five golfers, which we always go by golf numbers. And that's where that's where you want your numbers to increase when you're doing that. And she's like, do you want to come work in the GovCon industry? And I'm like, I mean, sounds fun. Okay. And then I got hired. And then I had my first inkling. And I never really understood because I have some besties that work in GovCon. And I never really understood in like the early 2000s when they were like, yeah, there's this whole program with the GovCon of like leaning into your fellow female, you know, your younger colleague to get them up to speed, to, to support them. And I'm like, why would the government have to do a whole program around that? And that is when I understood when I had a VP of sales that was like three years away from graduation, look at me with the CFO and CEO in the room and being like, I'm not going to train you. Why would I take up my career for someone that's starting her career so late in her life? Oh, I'm like, late in my life? I am... I'm 35. Like, <laughs> I'm not late. Wait, what? <laughs> so, and and that's, you know, how it went. So they shifted me into something that was more into my wheelhouse. I took on their budgetings for their sponsorships. That's how I got in. That's how I got involved with Act I Act, AFCIA, um, and dumbed down their budgets and started running like training programs internally, con connecting the industry connecting our um, deliverable sites to headquarters more, creating more of a culture. They just went from a small 8A veteran service disability owned company to a large free and open around that time. So it was a natural fit for me because I was able to take all of my skills from sports and just be like, okay, we can do this and we can do this on a shoestring budget. I cut their budget by like more than half. They were sending like two tables to fed tech. <laughs> Nobody needs to send two tables to fed tech. Right. Unless you're like being honored and then you send like a bunch of people to celebrate, but no need. That's a lot of wasted money. Wow. So then once you got your taste of it, how did that turn into your second opportunity? Um, I had met Leslie at many networking events because I'm always out and about and she posted, I, I lost my job during COVID. My husband and I moved to Virginia Beach because, well, the housing market is so much better down here. And my mom was looking to retire. My dad had passed away. And slowly during COVID, my mom lost a lot of her like network to mm. whatever was happening, whether they're old age or whatnot. And we're like, okay, you're, you can move in with us. I'm an only child. There's, that's just how it is. So we found this beautiful home in Virginia Beach and we moved down and I've just been here, here ever since. And I was, I was doing contracting work and I was um, looking 
for another job. And I saw Leslie posting, Hey, we're looking for a manager of professional development. And I was like, can I do this from Virginia beach? And she's like, act, I act won't pay for your hotels. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. I have a father-in-law. I have besties that are still living up there. I still have a big network up there. And she's like, yes. Why haven't you applied? And I'm like, I was waiting for you to tell me I can do this hybrid because you never really know how companies are going to react to those things. Yes. We say we're full and remote now, but like, are you, is that's what, is that what's saying? Cause I have a lot of friends that are now going back in the office and looking for new jobs. Cause like they're making them go back to the office. Wow. And and that's been working out for you. I mean, I, you and I have, uh, ex, you know, interacted this yeah. entire time since you came on board and mm -hmm. uh, you, you do have an interesting commute when you do come to DC. <laughs> it's, 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 I, there's this one lady within our head, within our like office space. Cause you know, we don't have the entire building and I swear, I just must be like, when I get into town, she must be on like her first like bathroom break because I have like my frownies on my forehead. I have my what hateless curlers I'm about to put my face on. And there's numerous times she's looked at me and she's like, can't you do that at home? And I'm like, no, I can't because I've been on the road for three hours driving up here from Virginia beach. And I don't have the time at 6am to do that because I got to get my coffee because no one wants me without coffee. <laughs> so uh, you've had an interesting career journey, right? Cause you spent such uh, yeah. a, good, a good portion of it in the sports arena doing mm -hmm. similarly what you, what you're doing now, right? Events. Yeah. I mean, it's all logistics, no matter what you take into like the sports world or what I was doing within PD, it's all basically still a form of, of well, professional development, all still a portion of business development. Cause you have to recruit, you have to build those, those relationships because if not, we're not going to have people that are going to know about our professional development department. It still blows my mind for an organization that is about to celebrate 40 years in business, 20 years, oh yeah, almost uh, over 20 years of PD that I still get people from the government agencies being like, I was told to apply for this and I had no, I had no idea beforehand. And I'm like, how is that possible? We touch so many different agencies, not even PD, just act, I act as a whole. How are you, are you living underneath a rock that I don't know about in DC? A rock or, I mean, I would tell you, I, this is, I'm one of those people who work, oh, who I volunteered with act -IAC for a long time. And all of a sudden I learned about the professional development program and I was like, what the heck, uh, when did they do this? And it's been around longer than I had been doing it. So I would say a lot of volunteers with act -IAC. So for those who don't know what act -IAC is, it's gov mm -hmm. bringing government and industry together to solve government's problems. And they have different communities of interest and other programs that are targeting certain uh areas like technology or hr or cyber Health and human services yeah. is one of my favorite ones yeah so there's a lot of them and and when you volunteer in those organizations you're in a working group and you're working on white papers or getting forums put together getting speakers on a monthly basis you're not paying attention to what else act act does you're focused in on where you're volunteering so that's crazy to me I guess also because like where I come from in the sports world, everyone has to communicate to make sure that the game goes off without a hitch. You have sponsorship talking to game day. You have marketing talking to sponsorship and game day just to make sure that all fulfillment is fulfilled. And in my mind, that's how all organizations should be collaborating. And whether that's the right way or the wrong way, but that's just the way I was raised 
to think that like, yes, everyone needs to talk and everyone needs to know a little bit of everything so you can pick up slack and, you know, do what needs to be done. Well, I would say it's, and it's not, I don't think it's uh, limited to uh, professional development. People don't know about Act Diet Gives Back. People don't know oh. about uh, the Innovation Center, right? They don't, they don't know about any of the other things if they're working in a working group XYZ in yeah. some community of interest, right? They may have no, not even know what the rest of the community of interest does because they only care about this one thing. So it's an interesting challenge, but it's also an interesting opportunity to get mm-hmm. more people. So we are launching some recruiting events coming up. Um, I don't know if it's the first time PD has done it, but it's going to be a focus going into 2024. Uh, so that's something I'm excited about. I want to do some, you know, get government to bring a buddy, to bring a government buddy in and see what they would be interested in. Associates, partners, partners is about to launch out for their 2024 class uh, next, this weekend at ELC. And then associates graduate in January. So we'll be kicking that back off again. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting things happening with MPD. You know, it, it's it's exciting watching young professionals grow. And I know some of these young professionals are like my age. You know, the partners are definitely older, some of them. And the Voyagers can bounce between my age to a decade younger. But it's fun watching some of them completely blossom into like different people and knowing that that's what they want to do. I want to learn on professional speaking. I want to be a confident person that I can go up to someone and talk with them. And that's, you know, for Voyagers and then our associates right now, they've been in COVID. They entered the workforce through COVID. And I feel like we're going to be dealing with like the next eight to 10 years of, of younger professionals that went through a lot of high school through COVID, if not all of it, and then high, and then college, they're still trying to figure it out. And then you're going to put them in the workforce where they have to actually have conversations with people in the public. And it's wild. Even at our associates uh, service project on Sunday, one of them asked me, Sarah, how do I leave a conversation? Oh, wow. Wh- what? Did we not cover this? I thought we covered <laughs> this. Did you Mine forget is. your notes? Yeah, we might. I, like, yeah. I was like, and I gave him like a, a script thing and he's like, Sarah, it's that easy. And I'm like, it's that easy. Like, I think you're thinking too far into it. It's not like you're saying like goodbye to like, you know, your aunt Teresa and you have to have a four minute conversation with her and like the rest of your aunts and uncles when you're leaving a house, the holidays, you're just excusing yourself because you have to hit more people to talk to. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've been making it way more difficult. And I'm like, Okay. But it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve, but that's why they're early career, right? They're trying to learn yeah. those skills. So it, it is fun watching that. I, I, that's where I've really enjoyed uh, participating is in that, in that associates program, because there is a lot that they need to learn or want to learn mm-hmm. or um, need to practice and, and figure out how to interact. And why not? Why not myself and others that we can recruit uh, be there to give them that information for free rather than they learn it the hard way? Right. I mean, I couldn't imagine just, you know, just being like, it's crazy. Cause I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, you guys are, especially our associates right now. I'm like, you guys have it together so well. And they're like, we do. And I'm like, yeah. at least to me, you do You're. I don't know about your personal life, but like looking at you right now, you're, I think you have it very well together for a young professional at like 25, 26, because when I was that age, yes, I, I felt like I had it together, but I just felt like I was floundering more. Um, I don't know if it's the schedule of sports or 
the moving around as much as I did, but they just seem like they have it so much together. And it could also be the fact that we have, you know, the second careers in there too, because, mm -hmm. you know, we have a group of eight of them that are, you know, we had a tennis pro and a librarian, a school teacher that are like starting their second careers. And it's, it's really cool. One of them is actually going through like salary negotiations now because she's about to get a new job and she's like Sarah this is so fun I've never had to do it before and she's asking me for like coaching advice um or just like to talk her through and pep her up which which is cool and I'm just like oh look at you and your second career just blossoming I love it <laughs> it's awesome yeah so as you've gone through your career what's something that you've witnessed that you were like man I wish we would do that differently um and, and maybe and maybe that thing is really, really hard, right? Maybe that's why we're not doing it differently. We just need to call attention to it. But what's something if we came to you, Sarah, and said, today you have the power to make a change, what might you change? I would change that onboarding is a more structured format. There are some companies that have it down really well where you do check-ins at 10, 30, 60, 90 days out, and they hand you a mentor, and that's your person that guides you. I had one mentor and I actually lost them in 2020. So I'm on the hunt. So if anyone wants a mentee, I'm available. <laughs> but it's it's hard because you sometimes are floundering. You can't really like rely on your parents for advice with that because you've outgrown them professionally because they want better for the next generation and you've accomplished that. Mm. So you get into this weird format where you're like, who can I talk to about this problem? You know? I end up just going to a therapist, but like, <laughs> you know, before, <laughs> before those things, it's, it's who can I talk to within this organization to get the lay of the land? I didn't realize the amount of politics that went into working in the GovCon world. And I found out very quickly and I adjusted very, very quickly. And, you know, I found those people that I could rely on, but you know, you, you, even hearing some of these associates that have been like leaning on me for stuff. Cause, cause I said, I'm going to call me anytime I can talk. They are just floundering a little bit, realizing that they're in a toxic environment or whatever. And it's, it's like, what do you do? How, how do you do that? Who do you lean on to? And I think, I think onboarding and the proper way and mentorship is, a positive way to go with things. I wish I had more mentors when I was younger. Being in the sports industry in a man's field, like the amount of advances are not always something that was like, it's no, just we're in a professional atmosphere no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's that. And how do you, how do you, yeah, I'm gonna stop rambling now because that's one of my fun, my funnest traits. I like to ramble and go off on tangents. <laughs> well, that's that's an important uh, suggestion, right? I, I agree with you. I've I've worked for five federal agencies and I've worked for a number of companies over the years, and I don't know of any that had a good onboarding experience. I never yeah. was paired with somebody who could give me the ropes. I always had to find find that special knowledge of like, who knows how to get access to the systems that I need to have access to? Who knows the magic yeah. that gets me the software installed that I need installed or even what it is. Um, I've always had to kind of uh, ask around a lot, but I'm an extrovert. So I have no problem talking to all those people, but that's much harder for somebody else who's mm -hmm. probably, you know, in their first job or second job, a little more nervous, right? They're an introvert maybe. So that's a, that's a really great suggestion. And then I don't, I'd spent a long time since I've been anywhere that talked about internal mentorship, 
for that you, yeah, you it, did mentor matches internally. Same. We implemented it a little bit at the GovCon company I was at, but it wasn't at the point that I, I wanted it to. The shutdown happened in 2019. I lost my staff, so I didn't have the manpower to to execute it properly. But they are valuable components that are, you know, need to be out there. But you're right, you know, like how do I find how do I find our Salesforce and Nimble? How do how do I find this? I was working off of a random uh Canva account for three months before I sent something to Leslie and she's like, Sarah, what account are you on? And I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. So those, those are, those are important. Uh, yeah. Those are important changes that would certainly help people become productive much quicker and, and, and also integrate into the culture much quicker for a, for a company. Yeah. And that's important too, with the culture, because you can get someone in there that they are like, Oh, this is like awful, blah, 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 blah. But like in all reality, if they're not incorporated into the culture, the culture could be a great fit for them. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in draining, like, hey, you have these trainings coming up, we have the possibility to do, you know, this brown bag session, you have an opportunity to sit in front of the CFO and do those things. If they are in the dark, and they don't have someone like telling them and coaching them, they're going to be lost and they're going to leave. Yeah, because they're just like, I, I'm, I'm not dealing with this. I, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And well, it could have been a good fit. Especially with the new generation, Gen Z is much quicker to to check out if they are not providing mentorship opportunities. That's uh, yeah. that's that's critically important. And we need and we need to get on board, right? The the new generation yeah. is ready. The new generation it. needs to get on board, or no one is going to have government. No one's going to apply for government jobs. No one's going to work in GovCon because it is a very niche market. And outside of the DMV, it's mostly smaller towns where you're focusing on government. The contracting side of it, and maybe this is why I didn't know about GovCon before. I moved to the DMV is the fact that like I grew up in a very small town in Ohio, two street lights, four mm -hmm. bars, two of them were owned by my family. Three of them are the Eagles, Legion and Elks. Mm -hmm. That's your typical Ohio. But like we didn't have, we had government jobs, but they weren't like GovCon jobs. You're not like out there, you know, with the top five doing GovCon-y things, I guess. Yep. <laughs> so it's one of those markets that someone could get plopped down in DC by sheer luck because they want to, I don't know, live by the mall. They may not know about GovCon because of those, those hindrance, because it's not that big outside of the DMV. That's true. So Sarah, what's next for you? What's next for professional development programs? What, what's coming up here in the near future? Oh, we're graduating partners this weekend at ELC. So that's immediate. Um, and focusing on recruiting. So like if you're a gov person or an industry person looking to do some professional development and a fun atmosphere and learn and hang out with me, um, along with other great leaders in the area, just, you know, reach out to ACT IAC. That's awesome. And I will make sure to put in the link, uh, in the links below in the description for the ACT IAC professional development programs, as well as I'll have your contact information so they can reach out and ask more questions. Thank you very much. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been a joy. You're always a, a fun, uh, happy, outgoing personality. So it's been a great thank conversation. You. And I, I look forward to interacting with you in person soon. Yeah, I'll see you like in a couple of weeks. <laughs>